as we strive to move freight in the fastest and most efficient manner possible, how can we ensure transportation justice? Hi everybody, I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. For all the attention that we place on the movement of goods from producer to consumer, we rarely if ever think about the people and neighborhoods that lie in their path. Yet the pollution from trucks and other activities related to freight handling can have a devastating impact on human health. The burden is especially heavy on communities of color, which are often located close to industrial activities such as ports, warehouses, truck yards, and highways. Hence the idea of transportation justice, the realization that certain individuals are more subject to diseases such as asthma, cancer, and emphysema because of where they live. Today we'll examine the issue with the help of Reverend Lennox Yearwood Jr., host of The Coolest Show, a podcast about racial, climate, and environmental justice. We'll talk about the prospect of a real solution to a problem that's otherwise sure to get worse and deadlier with the growth of global commerce. Here's that conversation. Reverend Lennox Yearwood Jr., welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. What do you mean by the term transportation justice? Transportation justice is a term that we use to talk about truck pollution, fossil fuels, diesel fuels that are being polluted, particularly in vulnerable communities. It's a large ranging because it's transportation justice and mobility justice, but those terms really deal with the health disparities in our communities as far as literally folks who are literally having asthma and cancer and emphysema. And, mm-hmm. and many people believe transportation justice also means, and I believe this as well, It means racial, climate, and economic justice. What aspect of transportation is most affecting these people? Is the environmental output of trucks and trains and planes and the like, or chemicals? Or where is the biggest threat to these communities coming from, from a transportation standpoint? Yeah, that's a great question. It really, I think, boils down to truck pollution. Truck pollution is a public health crisis, and it disproportionately impacts communities of color who often live, as I mentioned earlier, Near, live near heavily trafficked roads, warehouses, and ports. Now, we believe and, and our, that this is by design, as highways were intentionally built through our communities. That's one of the reasons we want justice in regards to this system. And in fact, entire communities were destroyed so that those highways could be built over the years. You have been having conversations all over the country as part of the transportation series of the Coolest Show podcast. What are they telling you about what are their priorities? What are their biggest concerns? And where do they want action to take place? Yes, on The Coolest Show, the podcast that I co-host with many in the Hip Hop Caucus with, we've had some amazing conversations with people around the country. The one thing they've been telling us is that there's a misconception that investing in pollution-free transportation will mean losing jobs. That actually was a big part of the conversation. In other words, they were almost, there's a sense that we've been kind of pitting those in the communities against those who are actually driving the trucks 
And in one conversation, it was so fascinating because we realized that they, they found out the pollution that's harming the communities was because of the same effects that were on the drivers as well. So in other words, the drivers were getting cancer, the drivers were getting asthma and emphysema, and they realized that the communities were also having this. And so that's one of the uh-huh. things they begin to look to in that aspect. Well, it certainly makes sense if you're in a cab of a, of a truck, you're right in the middle of yes. it. You're not immune it to does. it. Yeah, It does. It, it makes a lot of sense. Warehouses, too, are a big deal, are they not? Warehouses are often situated in communities like this, are they? And if so, what kind of pollution, what types of environmental damage do they do? So, well, I think the situation with warehouses is that they're, those are the hubs. So you have to think of literally moving resources and goods. And so they come into the ports, and that's the first entrance. And some of these communities have what they call uh, they're counting trucks because they're literally seeing how many trucks are passing through. And so those are the initial warehouse, the initial port. Um, and that could be either on the East Coast, West Coast, wherever. Our mm-hmm. conversation had with people who were in Long, Long Beach in California. And they were literally sometimes thousands of trucks coming through these communities, and they would be there. But then, the, the, obviously, there's inland ports, and then that's what we talked to as well, folks who are in Kansas City or in Chicago, which is another where trucks are then moving to and also storing goods. And then around those communities, the pollution that is obviously stirred up is literally outrageous. And the thing that we really realize is that we have to transition because the same communities facing pollution from highways, as I mentioned before, are those who are driving the trucks but also how the people who are working in those warehouses are also having the same health concerns as well. And so we we realized because of that, that labor movements must be central in the conversations around zero emissions and zero emissions trucks. And there needs to be a just transition with investment and job training. Now, one of the things that came up that was very fascinating was that they obviously want electric vehicles, electric vehicle trucks, EV trucking, so to speak. But they're against automated trucks because they understand that automated trucks will then cause many people to lose their jobs. So while they are for the electrification of trucking systems, they would want the trucking systems to still have people actually drive those vehicles. Yeah, because there's no jobs otherwise. But when you say automated trucks, you do mean self-driving trucks. But everybody seems to agree that those are a long ways off. I mean, are you taking seriously the idea that that, that might be an issue in the next 10 years or so? I mean, well, right now, I mean, one of the things that we're, we, we just want to just make sure it's, on, it's in the conversation, that we want to mm-hmm. make sure that there's a conversation that puts people who are working and working people at the forefront of the interpretation justice dialogue. And so I think that what we're, and particularly now, as we see with the current administration, um, with President Biden and Vice President Harris, and they're looking to electrify the entire federal fleet. And we're seeing many companies are trying to do the same. Obviously, we just want to make sure that we're having these conversations. This is not as far off as many may seem. Now, you talk about port areas, especially L.A. Of course, that is the nation's largest port center, L.A. Long Beach. And the ships, too, have been accused of being the source of a lot of pollution. Do you see that as being a danger as well, the actual ships? We really didn't discuss the ships in in the dialogue that we have. There has been, I've heard definitely, obviously, the the continuation, the the reliance on oil and gas and fossil fuels for ships, Mm -hmm. obviously, and for trucks is clearly at the core of the conversation and how we can transition. What we also have seen that corporations, unfortunately, 
they rely on trucking as well as obviously shipping for profit. And the oil and gas industry, truck manufacturers, and obviously shipping, as you mentioned, are using their power and resources and influence to sway public opinion against a transition to electrifying trucks. To your point about shipping, that would all kind of fall into the same boat, that there is a, Mm -hmm. the fossil fuel industry wants people to stay reliant on fossil fuels. And many of us who want to go into a clean energy future don't want that. So I could definitely see how the shipping component to this could be a part of the problem as well. In L.A. specifically, in L.A. Long Beach specifically, you know, they several, I don't know, several decades ago, they created the so-called Alameda Corridor. The idea being to create a highway by which all these trucks could come and go without going through neighborhoods. But I'm guessing that you're mm. saying that didn't work because the neighborhoods are still next to the Alameda Corridor, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, no, they're mm-hmm. next to, and that's and that's that's exactly it. And I think that's, that's the one thing. We believe this is a moment, and we're, we're still seeing how people are still lobbying to kind of skirt these policies and legislations that have been put in place to protect communities, and we're hopeful that we can get back to that as well. I want to talk more about answers. One solution you've mentioned so far is electrification, is the removal of fossil fuels and the like. But there's still going to be a concentration of these facilities in these neighborhoods. And it seems to me that you're still going to have traffic. You're still going to have noise. You're still going to have people unfairly disadvantaged by their proximity to this kind of industry. Are there other solutions that you're proposing that can create true transportation justice and true climate justice for the long term? Well, one, thank you for us having the conversation. I think that's one that's very important. I think for too long, we haven't had this conversation. And the Mm -hmm. issue of transportation justice wasn't at the forefront of even the climate movement and environmental justice movement. I think it was somewhat siloed. And so I think mm-hmm. more people are now having that conversation and realizing that we need to find solutions. I think one of the clear-cut solutions now is, is in policy and the, the Biden administration. And it's clear the Biden administration will soon be looking at a huge infrastructure package and with transportation justice and climate justice must be central in that process. That's the policy aspect. I think also in regards to the states, I'm not sure if California is in this, but I do know that 15 states have signed an MOU to work toward a zero emissions goal. And we just need to keep working at the state and local level, just pushing up the officials to get over that finish line in this aspect. But ultimately, I just think that we have to just try to pass forward in regards to the economic and health crisis brought on by COVID, which we see now, which is desperating the situation. And I just think we should just invest in the transition to electric trucks and infrastructure in our communities as a source of local jobs, cleaner air, and just a brighter future for all families. Transportation is, of course, a transportation warehousing that driving has been a source of jobs for people of color and for people from diverse communities all these years, has it not? Well, no, without a doubt. I mean, and, and we hope it continues to be. We're not looking to get rid of those jobs. We, we just need those jobs to be good cleans out so that people mm-hmm. are not getting sick. Because <laughs> the one thing that is there is that we have a saying and is that a job that causes you to get sick is not the kind of job you, you want or is causing you to have health problems. We, we want jobs that allow for people to do the job. We need to, to, to have to be American job focused, particularly in this country. But we also mm-hmm. need those jobs to be safe. And I think that when they're literally breathing in toxic fumes, 
for nine and 10 hours a day. That doesn't seem to be a, a great answer for a good job. And so we just want to transition that. I think those who are working in the warehouse and we're so happy that one of the interviews we had was with folks who are within the, the warehouses in Chicago. And they were talking about literally just the need to just create places and spaces where they can have clean air mm-hmm. in that aspect, particularly on the back of COVID-19. And so I think that that's what we're looking for. And we really believe that as we transition to the electrification of trucks and other vehicles in those fleets and also those vehicles that are in the warehouses as well, that I think that creates just a better environment and a more healthy environment for those workers. And that's ultimately what we want. We want a cleaner society and we definitely want a cleaner workspace for those yeah. who are working in those warehouses around the country. But you need a political force to do it. And, and one of the possible forces, I guess, could be unions. I mean, a large part of this industry is not unionized. Once you get off the immediate port areas, the warehouses and the trucks, those aren't unions. Do you think that unions can play a role in helping to influence this? Or is there a way in which they are actually part of the problem? Let's say this. I'm going to give a shout out to the longshoremen and many of those unions who have been on these ports and have done this a, a great job of fueling our commerce, just making sure that we have the goods and resources through this country. I think now, particularly as we have had the, the pandemic um, and we've had COVID-19, we are literally indirectly contributing to the problem because they're ordering more resources and <laughs> they're ordering it in the same delivery. Mm-hmm. I think that what you're talking about is important. Now, I think that in regards to the, the aspect of what transportation justice um, means for unions and getting involved, I have seen more unions trying to engage in this conversation. I have seen more this more people approaching this as a they, they call it a blue green conversation, meaning mm. from unions and also from climate. And I think that that's encouraging. And I do think that it will take the communities that we're talking about who are most impacted by the pollution that is hurting them in their communities. But it will also take those workers to come together. This is a very unique situation in regards to what's happening with our ports and our warehouses and just literally how we're moving goods back and forth throughout our country. And I do think mm-hmm. that this is an opportunity for us to come together. Now, anything with economics and the economy and, and those kind of things obviously creates some dynamics that folks have to work through because it's obviously about resources and, and money and infrastructure. And so I think that we are just hoping that everybody can come to the table understand the importance, again, of the health crisis that is being put forth by this issue of truckings and ships and everything else being fueled by fossil fuels. And I think if we understand what's also at stake long term, it's the overall climate situation, I think that we should hopefully find solutions to what we're dealing with. But I am not going to sit up here and say that we are there now. I'm not going to say that we're in a position that we're going to move that forward, but I am saying that I am very encouraged by what I'm seeing from both those who are community activists to those who are in unions and even in politicians looking to move the issue of mobility and transportation justice forward. But the question, of course, the question is always when. Because you are proposing such a huge undertaking that has to go forward on so many fronts with so many people beyond these neighborhoods on a nationwide effort that involves businesses, unions, environmentalists, politicians. So how long do you think it would take to get to the point you'd like to get to? I mean, I know you're not putting a deadline on it or something, but reasonably, 
how fast can we make these changes happen if people actually do wake up? Well, again, I think people have to wake up. Again, I think people need to understand this, the, the real issue that truck pollution is a public health crisis. It affects communities of color who live near these heavily trucked and trafficked roads and warehouses and ports. And so it's a real issue and people are dying. And so there are people who are losing their lives because of this, who are getting cancer and emphysema and asthma, and they're losing their lives. So we have to just have a sense of urgency when we're dealing with this. We have to solve it. But we can't bring people back who died. I can't go back and say, well, well, you know, we fixed the issue. We redirected the highway. We've got the vehicles to be EVs now, and, and you can't bring them back. So I think that we're hoping that politicians, uh, particularly in the situation, uh, understand the sense of urgency that there are people who are getting sick and they're dying. And that's it. And mm -hmm. so I think that the bottom line to it is that while there is no right now current line in the sand, so to speak, as you would say, of when we need to see these things to move forward, hopefully, again, we're, we're hoping that the Biden administration definitely moves forward on that huge infrastructure plan to, in, to include this. But ultimately, what we're saying here is that this the situation is dire and one in which needs to be fixed because there are folks who are literally being impacted by the pollution, and that needs to change in the 21st century. When we have better solutions, when we have better technology, and we have just better vehicles that mm -hmm. can literally limit the exposure to that kind of pollution. Reverend Lennox Yearwood, thank you so much for being with me today to outline these crucial issues that have to go forward. I'm going to link in the show notes to the coolest show, the I Think 100% podcast about environmental and climate justice solutions and realness from the Hip Hop Caucus, of which you are president and founder. Again, I really appreciated your speaking with me today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. That was my conversation with Reverend Lennox Yearwood Jr. about the struggle for transportation justice. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. Stay well and see you next time. <laughs>